We're going to be reading this morning from Matthew chapter 22, but I, I like to give a little bit of context of where I'm going to be reading because our scripture in Matthew 22, it actually picks up and continues. It's a continuation of Matthew chapter 1, and in our reading, we're going to read how Jesus is teaching using parables. I mean, he's been busy. In Matthew chapter 1, 21, he's already had the triumphal entry. The disciples have already went. They found the donkey and the colt that was tied to it. And they're like, wow, man, he was right. The crowds have all shouted. They've all shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Goes from there. He cleanses the temple. Kicks over tables and chairs. He tells them, it's written, my house should be a house of prayer. But you've made it a den of thieves. I mean, Jesus is on a roll. He curses a fig tree. The disciples look and they're just amazed like it withers away immediately. They're just standing there in awe. And of course Jesus, being the teacher that he is, uses this as a teaching moment to teach the disciples. And the Bible tells us he gets back to the temple and of course he gets confronted by those people that he was just talking to. They're making it a den of thieves. And the chief priests and the elders, they come and they say, what authority, by what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you this authority? So Jesus, I love the way he works. He doesn't just give you an answer. He tells you a story. So he tells them the parable of the two sons, the parable of the wicked vine dressers. I'm not going through all of those things. This is just the cliff notes, the highlights, because I know that everyone's ready for like their Easter dinner after this, because I have one waiting on me as well. So he tells them about it, and then we jump into our scripture text. It's the parable of the wedding party. Matthew 22, I'll be reading verses 1 and 2 in the New King James. It says, And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, See why I told you all of the things that he had just did? Because if I would have just jumped in and said he spoke to them again about parables, you'd have been like, what parables? Well, now you know. According to G.I. Joe, that's half the battle. And those of you that are 80s kids, you'll understand what I just said. Those of you that are not, well, I'll explain later. Verse number two, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. Now I'm going to read it from the common English Bible. Verse number one, Jesus responded by speaking again in parables. The kingdom of heaven, verse two, is like a king who prepared a wedding party for his son. For the next few moments, I'm going to title my message, Welcome to the Party. Welcome to the Party. Look at your neighbor, both of them, and if you'd like to, turn around to someone and tell them, Welcome to the Party. And you may be seated. I will admit that the Bible uses terminology sometimes that seems very strange to our modern ears. We do not go through, and whenever there is a birth of a child, we do not go and let everyone know that, oh, my son or daughter, they just begat little Jimmy. <laughs> no, we, we, don't, we don't talk that way anymore. They're, they're, the terminology that was used in the Scripture, it's sometimes it can be a little bit confusing and 
No matter how many times that we may have heard it, no matter how many times we've, we've used it, no matter how many times someone may have preached it, it doesn't actually mean that we can explain it. We, could have, we can quote what someone has taught. We can quote what someone else has said. Well, you know, e- even as a younger person growing up, you know, someone would ask a question and, well, my dad says or my pastor says, well, what do you say? I, I don't know. That's just what they say. So I like to kind of dive in and I like to have a, a little bit of a foundation, and especially when I tell you my title is about welcoming you to the party. The kingdom of heaven is a central theme that's running throughout all of the gospel of Matthew. I looked it up and the phrase the kingdom of heaven is used over 30 times in Matthew alone. In the New King James, it's 32 times. Jesus told his disciples, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So when we find Jesus teaching the chief priests and the elders, I think it's very important that we pay attention to the language that he uses It's very important because if we can pay attention to the language, we can understand why he is using the language. We can get a better picture of what he is trying to tell us. We can get a better picture of what is happening in the the story that he is telling us in the story as Matthew is writing. And so when the chief priests, they ask him about the kingdom of heaven, they begin to question him about his authority. He could have said and used any example. The kingdom of heaven is a set of rules. The kingdom of heaven is a bunch of traditions. Everybody okay? This is just the beginning. It it only gets better from here. The kingdom of heaven is a dress code. The kingdom of heaven is a thought process. The kingdom of heaven is this. The the kingdom of heaven is whatever your preconceived notion or whatever you've come to believe. The, The kingdom of heaven is this. But that's not what Jesus said. That's not how he described it. When Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a wedding party. Jesus uses language that they are able to understand. That even the common man that may be in the temple listening as he is trying to explain to the chief priests and the elders. He uses language that all of them understand because they all understand about a wedding. A wedding is and was, even especially in that time, it's, it's, it's a significant social event in that person's life. I, the, the, the parents would mortgage the house and, and they would do everything that they could do. There were dowries, there were celebrations, there were parties. And, and there was just there was a feast that would just rival anything they had. And, and they would send out invitations and, and they knew what it was like to have a party. It was not... A somber time. It was not a sad time. It was not a time that they would come in and everyone would sit and just be quiet. No, it was loud. It was boisterous. It was a celebration. 
If you look at the scriptures, he's using the wedding of a prince. And the wedding of a prince would go beyond because a, a, a prince, their family, were a, they would be able to afford so much more extravagant decorations and food and celebration. There would be music. There would be dress. There would be party. There would be all kinds of things. It would be noised abroad. The invitations would be sent out. Everyone would want to know what was going on. And everyone would be looking and, and they would be longing, oh, if I could just have an invitation as I began to study Jewish weddings I found out that according to Jewish law that wedding guests are I like this part and I'm quoting wedding guests are commanded to celebrate to have fun and to increase not their joy the joy of the people on their wedding day the wedding is not about the guest the wedding is about the bride and groom. It is a celebration. It is joy that is unparalleled. And somehow, some way, whenever he says that the kingdom of heaven is like a wedding celebration, we have forgotten the celebration part. We have forgotten the celebration. We have forgotten what it means to come to the house of God and actually celebrate His goodness or celebrate His power, celebrate His anointing, celebrate His forgiveness, celebrate His grace, celebrate His mercy. Because when we think of parties, the last place we think of is the church. I mean, when is the last time you went to your job on Monday morning? And I worked in construction, so I've heard some stories. Stories I wish I wouldn't have heard. In fact, I've been asking God, would you please just blot that part of my brain out? <laughs> you come in, and this is on a Monday morning, and they're still telling the story from Friday night, and they're still hungover from the Friday night that they don't remember how they got to wherever they were on Saturday afternoon. They're telling you the stories of how this happened or that happened and then the police showed up or the police didn't show up. They, they've got all of these kind of stories and they're telling you all about the party. When is the last time you've walked on your job or, or, or you've went into the office and, and someone's telling you about, man, you should have seen the party we had yesterday. Oh, really? On a Sunday? Oh, you better believe it on a Sunday. The music was loud. The, the, there, there was dancing. People were shouting. There was just all these people were going. It, it, was, it was insane. We didn't want to leave. And, and they were actually turning the lights off on us. And, and they told us that you can leave whenever you want. They, they weren't even going to dismiss us. And you're like, well, where was this party at? Oh, it's the church. No. No, whenever we have an idea of church, we have an idea of rules, regulations, and I'm going somewhere, so it's okay. But we have this idea, we, we have this idea that we have to come and we have to keep it all together. When is the last time, and, and I long for these days because I have been a part of these days, and it's been a while for me, but I, I, I remember when people shouted their hair down. Like I said, it's been a while for me. But I remember the times that, 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 that we would just have such a move of God that we weren't worried about what, who was beside us. We weren't worried about everything else that was going on. In fact, all we knew is that we were in the presence of a living God. And there was something about it that said, I've got to celebrate. I've got to celebrate His goodness. I've got to celebrate His mercy. I've got to celebrate His power. And we didn't look at our neighbor and judge him. We looked at him and said, why don't you celebrate with me? Why don't you dance with me? 
with me? Why don't you party with me? Somebody needs to understand. It's a party and everybody's invited. It's not sitting around and waiting. Somebody needs to hear me that God said, I want you to have joy and that joy will be unspeakable and full of glory. I want you to have a celebration. What we've allowed to happen is we have allowed the world to dictate to us what a party is. We have allowed the world to tell us that you can't have a party at church. That you can't, you, that, that, that true parties, they happen. And I know that, 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 that you're wondering, well, what, what do you know about parties? I, I've been to a few. I've, I've been around. I've heard stories. I've seen things that happened. But they pale in comparison to the parties that I've had in the presence of Almighty God. I've had a party of one. I've had a party of 1,500. I've had a party of seven. It didn't matter. As long as Jesus was there, I was able to celebrate. I was able to give him glory. I was able to give him honor. I'm here to celebrate a risen king this morning. I'm here to celebrate a loving God that no matter where you are in your life, he said, I want you to come to the party. I want you to have joy and peace. I want you to feel the Holy Ghost. I want you to have forgiveness. I want you to have healing. I want you to feel my presence. But we live in a world that the, they tell us and they dictate and they tell us. And so we have, we have condemnation. And then we walk in here where we are supposed to be free. And we are more bound in here than we are out there. We come here and we are so bound worried about what someone is going to say worried about what someone is going to think I would to God that someone would just get to a place of desperation that says I'm tired of sitting back and waiting I need to let my God know that I love him I need to let my God know that I worship him I believe it's like the angels that were sitting in the presence of almighty God and then finally one of them couldn't hold it anymore and he just yells out holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty, the whole earth is full of his glory. I wish there would be something on the inside of us that would say, I can't hold it in anymore. I've got to bless him. I've got to praise him. I've got to magnify him. I've got to love him. It doesn't matter where you are, what you've done. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of glory. He's worthy of honor. Let everything that hath breath. Let everything that hath breath. Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. The enemy will not dictate to me what a party is anymore. Whenever they think of Bethel, I want them to think of the place that that's a party. They are the nicest people. They love to party. They want everybody to come. They want everybody to be there. They want everybody to know that whosoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. We've got to let this world know that they've been partying at the wrong house. We need to get into the party mode at the house of God and let him know we celebrate your goodness. We celebrate your power. We celebrate your anointing. We celebrate your forgiveness. The Bible tells us, yes, use a little more of that. Let that stuff go. Welcome to Easter Bethel again. See, the party of the world is for a moment. But it, it seems enjoyable for the moment because it 
allows us to forget. It allows us to become numb. It allows us to block out those things. But the enemy is waiting. I've said it as long as I can, as long as I can remember this is been my thought process that the enemy will take you to the party but then he leaves you there to find your own way home we have to understand that somebody needs to find their way home to the party we need to know that somebody they're at another place and they're broken they're alone they're weary we can't we cannot judge them. We cannot damn and condemn them. We have to reach to where they are and say, why don't you let me introduce you to a God full of grace, to a God that's full of mercy. I'm not here to do anything else than to get you in the presence of a loving God. And we've got to understand that when they come to the party, they have to know we're excited that they're there, that we're happy that they're there, that we want them there more than anything else. I'm more excited about the one than I am. I am about the 99. I'm going to throw a party like heaven throws a party. And if one comes to repentance, it doesn't matter about the rest. I've got to throw a party for the one. All of heaven throws a party. All of heaven. The Bible says in John 10 and 10, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, I am come that they may have life. And that they might have it more abundantly. The end, one translation reads, I came in order that they, believers, might continuously have life. And that that may be a continuous flowing all around them. Life translates there in scripture, both physically and spiritually. He wants you to have peace in your physical life. And he wants you to have peace in your spiritual life. He wants you to walk in joy because it's with joy that we draw from the wells of salvation. And he also wants you to have joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And he said the enemies come to destroy. But I have come that you can have a party. I have come so that you can have a celebration. And so that it won't just be you, but it will be all around you. It will be infectious. It will let those that are around you say, I need what you've got. I want what you have. Paul tells us in Romans 14, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Oh, please understand me when I tell you that the kingdom of God is a celebration. And whenever you get a hold of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, there's something that lifts off of you because you feel a freedom like you've never felt before. There is therefore now no condemnation. There's nothing that will hold you. There's nothing that can bind you because where his spirit is, there is liberty. There's liberty to dance. There's liberty to jump. There's liberty to shout. There's liberty to run. There's liberty to forgive. There's liberty to heal. There's liberty. Whatever I have need of, it's all in the presence of Almighty God. Who gives you this authority to throw a party? All authority. Heaven and earth has been given unto me. But let me tell you a story. 
the kingdom of heaven is it's like a wedding feast. It's a party. We have come to the place in our life that people are looking for something to celebrate. They're looking for something that is righteous. They're looking for something that is real. I know, you're thinking, are you seeing the same world that I'm seeing? Yes, I am. I'm seeing the same world that needs something real, that needs something that is secure, that needs something that says, I will love you. I will care for you. I will introduce you to a loving Savior. I will introduce you to a God of all creation. I will introduce you to something real. He said, the kingdom of God is a party and I want you to go all out. I've been to parties, birthday parties. <laughs> and these parties are never fun. I don't like, you know. But everybody's there and you don't know anyone. <laughs> You're just sitting at the table by yourself. Can I get some water? Oh, and, and they just like, you know, they just keep walking by. <laughs> Are you supposed to be here? I have no idea. My name's on the table, but. Been to those parties that you're like certain you were invited by accident. I mean, I don't know how many Greg Hookers there are, but I looked them up on Facebook. There are a few. But I mean, <laughs> it could have been mistakes. <laughs> There's only one of me. And I know everyone's saying, thank God. But you're wondering, you know, it's not like my name's John Smith and they're just those are everywhere. But I've been at those parties and I felt like I don't belong. I'm just waiting on, you know, the usher to come up and say, oh, sir, we're going to need you to leave. The real Greg Hooker's here now. And he has hair. Really? But have you ever been to the house of God and you feel His presence drawing you and then everyone around you is treating you like you're a stranger and don't belong there? Oh, I would to God that we would be so excited that it would not matter who it was, that we would just be so excited that they were I'm going to tell you a story that my mother already knows, so it's okay, and I think the statute of limitations is out on this. As far as I know, it's not illegal to crash a wedding party. <laughs> I was in Dallas, Texas. I was with another church, not mine, because <laughs> yeah, I'm smart like that. My pastor's not finding out about this. <laughs> We're in Dallas at the Hilton there's a massive wedding party downstairs. And I mean, this place is, it's rocking. Like, it's thumping through like seven floors. Doom, doom, doom. The music is just going to town. And I walk up, and there was a name, placard, and it was, it was a Spanish wedding. I'm obviously not Spanish descent. But the gentleman that was at the door, <laughs> he looks at me and just says, Get your name and go on in. 
me. And then I turn around, my buddies are behind me, and they're, they're like already at the table. Putting that on. Dude's laughing. We get inside. We obviously do not belong at this party. We are not in suits. I'll just go with that side of the story. We're not. We are not dressed for the occasion. T-shirts and jeans and tennis shoes. But I have my name card on. I think it may have been the father of the bride comes up and grabs us and takes us right to the table to get food. And we're loading up. We're eating. I think we were there for almost two hours. We're leaving the celebration. And they're like, take some with you. We get back to the room and our, our chaperone's like, where have you been? He sees our name tags. We were at the wedding. <laughs> they did not care that we didn't belong. They had more fun with us than I think we had with them. I wonder what would happen in the house of God. If we would have a party and we were celebrating and there were some people that come up and you know that they do not belong, so to speak. You know that they are not there. They don't fit the dress code. They don't smell like you. They don't talk like you. They don't look like you. There's nothing about them that's like you. I wonder what would happen if you would just say, come on and sit by me. I want you to come on down to the table. Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. I'm about to make room beside me because there's enough room at this party for one more. There's enough room at this party for seven more, ten more, a hundred more. I'm telling you, whosoever will, let him come. We need to get the attitude that says it doesn't matter what you look like. I'm here to celebrate him. And as long as you're celebrating him, he's drawing you closer. He's here to heal you. He's here to help you. He's here to touch you. Yes, I had to explain that story to my mother when I got home. Why? Because she found the name card in my luggage. Who is this? It's not me. Oh, but what would happen? He says it's like a wedding feast. It's like a wedding party. He goes in. And he looks around and there's another parable that he's talking about that, that the master of the house has made a great feast and, and he goes in and he looks around and everybody's got an excuse of why they can't be there. Everybody, oh, I've done this, I've done that. I married a woman. I mean, <laughs> I don't have time to go into that one. But they've all got reasons, excuses. And he says, oh, I need you to go out and I need you to go into the streets. I need you to get the lame. I need you to get the blind. I need you to get the broken. I need you to get those that are hurt. I need you to get those that have been wounded so that my house may be filled. And then he comes back and they said, we've went and we've got everybody that you've told us. We've got all the broken. We've got all the lame. We've got all the maim. And he says, oh, it's still room in the house. There's still room though, master. What do you need me to do? He said, I want you to go out farther. I want you to go to the highway. 
highways and the byways. We are not going far enough to let somebody know you're welcome at this party. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, if you're broken, if you're weary, if you're worn, if you've walked out on God. We're here for you to come to the party. We think we're going far enough because we invite someone on social media. I wonder what would happen if we would go beyond that and we would go and we would knock on their door. I wonder what would happen if we would go beyond just talking about it and start praying about it and start fasting about it. I wonder what would happen if Bethel would go a little further, if they would get out into the highways and the byways, if they would go to the hedges, if they would go to where the broken are. Because the party is not for me. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love to get excited to our guest that preach things about getting loud and people bring me tambourines. And then take them away, Sister Debbie. She she came and knocked on my office door. Said, I need that back. It's for my grandkids. Hurt a little bit. We're here. I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied with it just being us at this party. I need someone that is broken. I'm hungry. I need to go beyond myself. I need to get out of my comfort zone. And I need to talk to them. I need to reach for them. They may not like it, but I'm going to love them. They may not accept it at first, but I'm going to care for them. I'm going to reach for them. Why? Because the master of the house said, go a little further. Because I want my party to be full. I want my party to be filled. He's looking around and he's saying, there's more than enough. There's more than enough. There's more than enough. Oh, there's more than enough. There's more than enough of him. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Luke, he said the parable of the great supper. He said, where is everybody? I wonder if he's looking down at us this morning. And I know it's Easter and we have guests. But please, it's the same thing. He's reaching and he's talking to you. This is not an accident. God knew you would be here. So even in your home church, he is reaching to you. And he's trying to tell you, I need you to care a little more. I need you to reach a little more. Why are you telling? us this pastor because he's coming back and he's making his he's, we've got to make ourselves ready he's coming back and the bridegroom and the spirit are both saying come we've got to understand that the time is short and this is wrapping up and no one wants to come to a place that all they're going to do is condemn them want to come somewhere that they're going to celebrate him I celebrate you I love him I worship him and he said if you'll go a little further if you'll go a little bit go to bring the poor he says bring the poor the maimed the halt the blind you know what he's saying there 
go get the ones that don't usually get invited. You know the ones that you pass by? Go get them. You know the ones you don't think would want what you have? Go get them. Go. Go get them. I need someone to care about the broken. I need someone to care about the poor. I need someone to care about the maimed. I need someone to care because there's still room. There's still room. Go beyond yourself because he said, I want my house to be full. Can I tell you this morning, if you're broken, this party is for you. If you're bruised, this party is for you. If you've been wounded, I'll go a little further, and I, I'll use this with a little bit of liberty, but if you've been wounded in the house of your friends, this party's for you. If you're confused, this party's for you. If you're looking for direction, this party's for you. If you need peace, this party is for you. If you need comfort, this party is for you. If you need restoration, this party is for you. Whatever you need, this party is for you. If you're in the middle of loneliness, this party's for you. Whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is that you're going through, Welcome to the party. I know. I know. Nobody is left out. And I understand that after the story I just told you about the wedding, you look at me and you think, wow, what a party animal. This, <laughs> my brother almost choked. <laughs> Raise your hand. That's my brother for all of our guests. <laughs> but I was not always the party animal that you see before you now. In fact, most parties I didn't get invited to. Everybody say all. Come on. Thank you. That makes me feel so. You know, it would have been so much better if you would have just done that on your own. Sister Sharon's the only one in this house that loves me. She did. My wife didn't even do it. <laughs> just, oh, that's right. It's my father-in-law loves me. <laughs> but I remember I would go to school Monday, and my friends would ask me, where were you at? What are you talking about? You weren't at the party. <laughs> what do you say? I wasn't invited. <laughs> And they just look at you like, oh, whoops. <laughs> kind of demoralizing, you know, big ears, buck teeth. Just like I said, I was not always the specimen that you see before you now. <laughs> In fact, I remember I started 
parting my hair in the middle and let it grow a little bit so it would kind of cover those things. <laughs> Had a good friend that asked me this question. When you go through the doors at the store, do you have to open both of them? <laughs> then there's this one. <laughs> I'm bearing my soul and you're laughing. There's this one. If the wind blows too hard, do you get blown away? <laughs> I carry a little feather around. That's a Dumbo reference in case you weren't. That's, yeah, look at me now. <laughs> but I remember the first party that I was ever invited to. I messaged her last night to thank her for this. And she told me, and it made me sad. <laughs> Because I didn't realize how old I was. She said, that was my, my party when I turned 13. And I was like, 13? Couldn't it have been like 9 or 11? But I remember, I got the invite. Her name is Michelle. And I was so excited to get this invitation to this party. I was with everyone else. Mom and them, I, I guess they weren't at home because of this part of the story. My best friend, his name is Josh, his mom, Patricia. She's basically mom number two. And they pulled up in front of the house and blew the horn, because that's what we do in Louisiana. We just blow the horn, you're supposed to come out, you're supposed to know. I walk out and she said, you been drinking milk? No, why? Because <laughs> you got a white mustache. I was so nervous. My stomach was in such knots that I went and I found the Maalox bottle. And like a man, I just took the lid off and took a big old drink. Then I put the lid back on and didn't tell anyone until now. <laughs> so I had to explain to her, no, that's Maalox, that's not milk. <laughs> I'm so nervous I had to have it. And so Trish, Patricia, she loves me. She said, well, go in the house, Greg, and wipe it off so no one knows. Of course, my best friend in the entire world, Josh Wheeler. Oh, he began to call me the Maalox kid. So then everyone had to know, what's that about? Well, he was so nervous, he had to drink Maalox before he'd come to the party. And in fact, when I got older, I, was, I think it was a senior year in high school, they actually bought me some Maalox. Just so that I could make it through what I was about to go through. But I remember that invitation. I don't remember what we ate. I don't remember, you know, anything like that. I don't even remember who all was there. I remember Michelle. I remember Josh. And I, I messaged her last night because what I do remember is the feeling of being included. The feeling that on Monday morning, I was going to be able to share the stories that everyone else had. Feeling like I mattered enough to be invited. That's what I remember about the story. That's what I remember about the party is that someone cared enough to invite me. What would happen to those that are around you that maybe normally don't get the invitation? Do you know how hard it is to walk into a church 
by yourself when you've not been invited. That's why we don't let them sit by themselves. That's why we reach for them. That's why we care about them. That's why we introduce ourselves because they may not remember what I preach. They may not remember the songs. They may not remember anything about it, but they'll remember that someone was nice and that someone cared. This morning, I'm closing with this. That was over 30 years ago. But I still remember the invitation. This morning, your heavenly father sent out an invitation to you. He wants you at his party. And that's really what matters is that it's his party. But this part is what weighs heavy on me. Because as much as I would love to just focus on the party of it all, there is a dress code. I know, I know, you just said, I, I just said, you know, it's, it's not about rules and regulations. But it's his kingdom, and it's his party. In Matthew 22 and 8, he says, Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready. But they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So the servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. When the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. Not us, the king. Not me, the king. And listen to how he speaks to him. He says, friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? He was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. These guests, they were not the normal guests. They are not the ones that most would include. So more than likely, they did not have proper wedding garments as they come to the music. They did not have the proper wedding garments. I mean, they went out into the highways and the byways they don't have wedding garments. But as I began to study, I found that most historians believe that it was customary for the king to offer his guest the garments to wear for the occasion. It was customary because the king would have garments that no one else could afford. The king would have garments that no one else could obtain. The king would want this wedding to be filled with people in matching garments. Spotless. Without blemish. But this one 
didn't have on the garment. It wasn't because the garment was not provided. The wording of the scripture commentary seemed to agree that the parable he was telling, he was letting the chief priests and the elders know that this man chose to remain. He came to the party, but he chose to remain without a garment. It would not be Easter without talking about the resurrection. Because can I tell you that we cannot afford the garment to get into this party. I can't. This is a garment that is too expensive. It is a price that I cannot pay. The amazing thing about this garment is that you don't even have to go searching for it. It is a garment that he paid a price for on Calvary. It is a garment that you put this garment on by repentance. Repentance is it's basic. It's, it's as easy as this. You ask for forgiveness. And while you're asking for forgiveness, you have every intention in your heart of turning around and leaving a different way. It does not take a long time. Now I have been around people that they have, they've spent years in repentance because they could never get beyond the condemnation. But in him there is no condemnation. There is only love. And he says repent. Be baptized in his name. Be buried into him. You'll be brought back out. You can be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And all of this, all of this, can we stand, was made possible because of the day that we are celebrating today. The party, the kingdom, all of this was made possible. You do not have to walk out of here this morning wearing the wrong garment. He will forgive you. He will restore you. He will heal you. Because remember, this party's for you. It doesn't take a long time. It takes one moment, one encounter with God. Can we bow our heads for just a moment? remember what it was like to not have this guilt and shame? Do you remember what it was like to be able to freely worship? You can have that again because he's in the house.
Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's rest at this party. There's peace at this party. There's salvation at this party. What I get out of this out of the parable is that they were already at the party when he gave them the garments to wear. So maybe you've come in this morning and you're like, oh, I'm just, I don't have the garments to wear. It's okay. He has them in the house. But I'm already at the party. That's okay. And maybe, just maybe, you're in the house and you're like, but I've had this garment on for a while and it's got some stains now. There's some condemnation. There's some, there's some hurt. There are places where I've been wounded and they're visible. It's okay. He's here to tell you, I've got a new robe for you. I've got a new garment for you. And no matter your situation, no matter where you are, no matter what you feel, no matter what's going on, these are his words. Welcome to the party. There's an invitation that went out and it was unto you and to your children. All those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You know how we got our invitation to the party? Because at Calvary he said it is finished and the veil was rent. And now everyone is included in the invitation. These men are not drunk as you suppose. It's just the third hour of the day. And they're marveling because they're all speaking in their own language. And, and they, 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 they begin to ask, what shall we do? Repent! The same Jesus that you crucified. Oh, all you've got to do is repent. And he's here to say welcome to the party. I'm going to ask if you would, if you're comfortable. I know it's Easter and we have guests, but if you would like to come around the front, I just want us to come and find a place to pray. We can, we can come and stand. Because Bethel, I want us to ask that God would make us more sensitive to those at the party. See, someone needs to know that you care, Bethel. How far are you willing to go for that family member? How far are you willing to reach for that family member? Are you willing to go? Oh, or have you given up on them? Have you given up on them because of a lifestyle, because of a choice, because of an addiction? How, how far are you willing to go? Because I'll tell you how far our father went. He went all the way to Calvary. Then he rose again. And over 2,000 years later, we're celebrating him. And he said, welcome to the party. Come on, would you just lift your hands and pray right now? you're a guest you're comfortable would you just lift your hands and pray God we come before you this morning we celebrate your goodness we celebrate the cross but more than that we celebrate the resurrection
because without the resurrection, the cross does not matter. But it's the resurrection that gives us hope for new life. It's the resurrection. God, I'm asking right now that we would open our eyes that we can see. Make us aware. We have to be ready. Because both the Spirit and the Bride have got to say, come. We've got to be in agreement with the Master of the house. We've got to be in agreement with the Spirit. And it's saying, come. Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. No matter where they are, come. We're going to reach for them. No matter how far away they are, we're going to reach for them. No matter how far gone we think they are, they are not out. They are not beyond your 